0: Somebody had my name on other platforms, of course. (laughs) All right. So, yes, and I do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, hit that follow or subscribe button. No matter where you're listening to, we are on all podcast platforms. All right. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And uh, again, God bless and God bless America. And welcome to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I'm your host, the Kentucky Guy. Hope everybody is having a fantastic Wednesday. Uh, we do have a special guest joining us today, but before we do that, let's get into a couple cleaning uh, house cleaning items. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. We are on all major platforms, including now uh, Pandora Radio, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many more. Also, we do drop new episodes here every Wednesday and Saturday. Also, if uh, you ever want to be a guest or have any questions for the show or some of the show's guests, you can always reach us at OL Kentucky. OL Kentucky99 at Yahoo.com. That's O L Kentucky spelled out 99 at yahoo.com. Also, for you wrestling fans out there, I do host the show. I co host with Donnie Cage against the match wrestling podcast. And we do put out new episodes there every Monday and Friday. Okay. So we have a very special guest with us today. I want to get right into it. Uh, so I want a big warm of applause. Please welcome the founder and CEO of love him. Love them. Miss Linda Gunter. Mm. Love that
1: applause. Love that applause. How are you doing today?
0: Uh, doing great. Thank you so much. And, uh, so, Linda, since it's your first time on our show, uh, do you want to go ahead and uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and uh, maybe a little bit about your background?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to give an amazing door prize for the first since it was the first time. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe next time, maybe next yeah, time. Yeah,
1: they say you have not because you asked not. Right. Yeah. Is sure. It- so my name is Linda Gunner and I am the volunteer CEO and co-founder of an organization called Love Him, Love Them. And we like to say that if you don't know anything that's in the Bible, if you just remember the name of our organization, you'll know the whole Bible in one sentence, right? Love him, love them. And our main purpose and goal in life is to care for widows and orphans in both the United States of America and also in the country of Haiti. Uh, For those of you who don't know where Haiti is, if you go to Florida and start swimming, you end up in the Caribbean and uh, Haiti is the country in the western hemisphere and so that's what i do
0: wow that's amazing and uh so i did a little bit of research uh on your organization and uh it looks like now i'm not is david your husband is that correct
1: yeah he's a very a a real hottie okay (laughs) (laughs) and he is my husband yes everywhere we go he's the hottest guy in the room
0: there you go uh so um you've Both of you, you actually started out as uh, real estate investors, correct?
1: That is very true. So we were Chip and Joanna Gaines before there was a Chip and Joanna Gaines. Uh, We were flipping houses back in the day. Uh, We had, uh, where are you located? What city or town are you
0: in? Uh, I'm in eastern Kentucky, a little city called Pikeville. Okay, that makes sense.
1: So I'm in Gumlog, which is teeny tiny, also unincorporated area in northeast Georgia. No Walmart, no no traffic lights, just a bunch of chicken houses. Uh, but when we first got married, we were in Atlanta, Georgia, and so we yeah we started off flipping houses, and we would uh, one of the houses that we flipped that's a story in our first book called Peanut Butter Crackers and Flip Flops. We actually ended up turning it into a homeless shelter, which is a story in and of itself. (laughs) But anyways, uh, it's very interesting how the way we turned that property into a homeless shelter. And it was in Vine City. So for anybody that knows anything about uh, Georgia, that is the fifth worst crime ridden neighborhood in the United States is Vine City. And um, so we have so many stories to tell. There one real quick one. um, I don't know if you know Oprah Winfrey, but she had been trying to find uh, the parents of and to reunite the parents of one of the members that was in our homeless shelter for about 15 years and was unable to do so. And we ended up in a one and a half year period of that person being in our shelter and actually reunited them. Uh, She had seen like a double murder And was very traumatized and had taken off and ended up in Atlanta. So the really, really cool part about having that shelter in Atlanta is how here we are 10, 12 years later, and we're implementing some of the same things that we did at that shelter in our ministry in Haiti. Uh, The big deal that we did with that shelter was we brought women in and gave them Jesus and Jobs. And we found out that's exactly what everybody needs in Haiti, right? They need Jesus in jobs. And so because we also had a real estate business, we were able to actually not only bring them through and get them Jesus in jobs, but we were also able to walk them through the process of getting a home. So they could either end up renting from us or we could own or finance them a home. And uh, that's exactly what we end up doing in Haiti. So pretty cool how God already knew that's what we were going to do. And we just sort of practiced doing it here. And then now we do it in Haiti.
0: Yeah, that, that is truly amazing. And uh, one thing that I really liked when I was reading up about your homeless shelter is that uh, you actually named it uh, after your dad. Uh, yes,
1: George. I did. Daddy, my daddy, because if my daddy was still here, he was an uh, expert in real estate. He bought his first. That's how I got into real estate. He bought his first mobile home because he was in a Sunday school class one time and somebody came in and said they needed a, a place for someone to stay and my dad ended up buying a mobile home for that individual. And then from there on, he that's how he accumulated the real estate he had. So when I was 16 years old, I had my very first rental property. And while all the other girls were out doing cheerleading and spend the night parties, I was out cleaning up rental properties every Saturday, which was funny because all the other girls wanted to come spend the night with me because they thought that was really cool <laughs> because they didn't have to do it. So, yeah, uh, real estate was... Uh, you know, when real estate's really, really good, it's really, really good. And when it's really, really bad, it's really, really bad.
0: Oh, yeah. I used to uh sell insurance for years and uh it's the same concept. When it's great, it's great, and when it's
1: bad, it's bad. Uh, here's another okay. funny part about that because we did call the homeless shelter Georgia's place. And then when we moved out of the Atlanta area and came up to Northeast Georgia, and uh once I'll share with you in the minute what how we ended up with. Haiti, becoming a, a part of our ministry. But at that point in time, <laughs> we were going to keep the name George's Place. And uh, that had been turned into a strip club. So there was a new name that was in the books of George's Place, but it was a strip club. And we thought, you know what? We might want to go with a different name. So <laughs> we actually turned from George's Place into Love Him, Love Them.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I would have. Uh, yeah, I'd have changed the name as well. Uh, yeah. It's you mentioned when you were 16, I actually, uh, my, uh, my dad, he was a, um, he owned a uh, trash collection agency Yeah. And I remember 13 years old during the summer when everybody else was out doing whatever, playing sports and that I was on the back of a garbage truck, you know, yep. that's where right. I was my work. I
1: hear you, my brother. I've done that too. Uh, (laughs) Cleaning out apartments and going to the dump. And you know what my dad and I used to do, which he's not here any longer. He passed away in 93. But whenever I, uh, what we would do for fun is he owned lots and lots of houses in the same neighborhood in Athens, Georgia. And so he would take one side of the road. I'd take the other side. And and a a fun night for us was to go down the street and see who could collect the most rent (laughs) (laughs) by the end of the street to see who got the most. So yeah. He was a super cool dude,
0: but he still got all the money though. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he's gone now, so he doesn't need the money where he is now.
0: Right. Right. Um, so, I, so I've got to ask this in, in my research, I noticed it, you have 30 orphans or, I mean, did I read that wrong or are they your own or?
1: Oh, wow. So we currently have 12 children. Uh, we started off with, uh, in our, and again, in our very first book, peanut butter, crackers and flip-flops, which you can get anywhere books are sold or on our website, love him, love uh, tells the story of how David and I, on our very first date made a deal that we didn't want any kids, which when he tells the story, it's so funny. It's like, you know, here's this chick t- talking to me about kids on our very first date Uh, But we were in this really elegant restaurant and uh, a little girl came running by with a naked Barbie doll. I mean, candlelights, white tablecloths. And then here she comes through screaming. And I just looked at him and I said, like, I don't know about you, but I don't want any of them. And so we literally put our hands across the table and shook on the fact that we would not have any kids. And I'm sure as we did that, God just busted up laughing because he knew what was gonna happen in the future. And so fast forward in 2004, Uh, My very best friend who was very involved in that homeless shelter, she was a mortgage broker. I was a real estate agent. She used to come in and teach budgeting and uh, get the girls set up savings accounts, et cetera. Her husband uh, took an AK 47 and murdered her. And then he turned around and picked up a knife and killed her mother. Wow. And they had five children. My friend was Haitian. So they had five Haitian children and those five Haitian children in five minutes lost their mom, their dad, and their grandmother. And so uh, they kind of slipped through all the cracks here. And within 24 hours, were living in New York with my friend's dad. And about two years after that, we stayed in touch with them. But about two years after that, I got a phone call from her father that basically said, Linda, I'm terminally ill. I can't take care of the kids. I've reached out to everyone I can. Nobody wants five kids and you're my last phone call. And so I said, (laughs) dude, you picked the wrong chick. I'm really sorry that you saved me for your last phone call, but I don't have any kids. I don't like kids. And you know, I don't know what in the world you think I'm going to do with your five Haitian kids, but uh, I can't do that. And then my husband who overheard the phone call pretty much, reminded me of James one twenty seven in the Bible, which says real religion that God himself considers pure and faultless is this to care for the widows and the orphans in a hot mess. And so as far as the number of kids we have on the 17th day of the seventh month of the year 2007, the family living in our house went to the size of seven with children, the ages of seven to 17. So that's where we started uh, with our first five children.
0: Wow. Okay. Amazing. And uh, and you said they were uh, Haitian children as well, correct?
1: Thus the reason that we first went to Haiti.
0: Right. And that was in 2011?
1: 2011, which was the year after the devastating earthquake in Haiti. Uh, I had these children. I didn't think they were very grateful to me. And I felt like I needed to go show them where they could have ended up. So my motives were not very good when we got on the plane <laughs> to go. Uh, and yet when we arrived in Haiti, God completely wrecked my world. I saw things I'd never seen, smelled things I'd never smelled, uh, was approached with, with just things that I can't even really describe to you. And I don't know if you've never been to a third world country. I don't even think that's possible to get it across But I took those five children there, hoping they'd be more grateful to me. And instead, my world was completely rocked. And I ended up uh, in a makeshift orphanage with 30 children uh, who basically had all lost their primary caregivers in that earthquake that had happened the year prior. And so I was there on Christmas Day, 2011. And um, while we were there, that's the very first time I had ever experienced miracles Um, We brought in a suitcase uh, that had some crayons and things in it. We were not planning on going to this particular place, so I did not have gifts for them. And yet when we opened up the suitcase, there was a pair of shoes in there, the right size and the right gender for each child. Uh, There were gifts in that suitcase for each child that we had not placed in there. And I uh, was really ready to go just because of the conditions that were there. There was no running water, no electricity. Here we are on Christmas Day. There's no Christmas tree. And I had already motioned to my husband on several occasions. It kind of messed me up when I opened that suitcase and that stuff was in there. And we couldn't figure out where that came from. And I had already told him I was ready to go. And he said, no, before we go, we're going to figure out how we can help this guy that's running the place. So we sat down at a table with him and with an interpreter. And my husband said, you know, my wife and I want to know how can we most help you? what is your greatest need? And he answered back through the interpreter and said, you just met our greatest need. And I thought, you know, here we are in this place. It's a hot mess. Now we got a jacked up interpreter because we haven't done anything and I can look around and see what they need. And he said, no, he said, my wife and I have been praying for about three months for someone to bring us shoes for the children. And you just did. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an experience with the Holy spirit, but I was feeling really, really, really uncomfortable. And I could feel things moving around and, and getting hot. And I just, I backed my chair up from the table and I was like, you know, we just, we need to go. We just need to go. I, Cause I, I, at that point in my life, I didn't know anybody that prayed for three minutes, let alone three months, right. For anything. Right. So I, I was trying to get out of there and the guy stuck his hand across the table and he spoke to me in English and he said, Mommy Linda, before you go, I want for my kids to sing for you. Now, I'm a pretty bold chick, but I could not figure out how to say on Christmas Day, I don't want your little orphan kids singing for me, <laughs> right? Are you still? Yeah, so instead, I walked over, I sat down on a urine-stained daybed, and those 30 kids sang for me in five different languages on Christmas Day 2011. And I lost my mind. I I, I couldn't get my head to be wrapped around how children who had nothing could have so much joy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just kept thinking, you know, what's wrong with them? Do they not know they don't have any electricity? Are they just, you know, can they not see they don't have running water? Why are they so happy? What is, what's the deal here? And literally I was sitting there on that day bed, holding a four month old child that had been dropped off the night before. And I honestly felt like Jesus Christ himself tapped me on the shoulder and said, Linda, this is the joy of the Lord. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what material things you have or you don't have, this is the joy that's available to you. And Linda, you ain't got it girlfriend. (laughs) know you're only happy when everybody does everything exactly how you want them to do it when you want them to do it so i walked out of that orphanage that day a completely different person and i i told the guy that brought us there i said you know somebody ought to bring those kids to the united states i said you're you're not going to believe this but everybody i know in the united states they have everything they need you know i don't know anybody in the united states without running water And matter of fact, if they don't have it, there's a government program that'll give it to them, right? Yep. And he just looked back at me. And I said, matter of fact, to be very honest with you, most of the people I know in the United States have everything they want, but they are not happy. They're not happy. They're constantly complaining there is no joy. And he just looked back at me with his thick Haitian accent and he responded by saying, oh, Mommy Linda, every American I bring here They say the same thing, but not one person has ever done anything about it. So that was my initial introduction to those 30 children that you're referring to. Uh I came back to the United States. I reached out to every organization that had any sort of a footprint in Haiti. And trust me, there's a lot of folk out there raising money for Haiti. (laughs) And all the people that I told my story to laughed at me and they said, you know, Linda, you're I don't know whose money you're spending, which at that point it was mine and my husband's. They said, but if you really think that the United States government and the Haitian government are going to work together for you to bring an entire orphanage from Haiti to the United States, you're an idiot. And I heard if I heard that once, I heard it 35 times. Well, my family and I continued to go back to Haiti. We went, we've not celebrated a traditional Christmas in America since then. And to make a very long story short, in 2016, those 30 children got on a Delta flight, came to America. We sang from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, all the way up to the White House. And we did it three years in a row. We got visas. Now, at that point in time in the world, you had to have a visa to come to America from a foreign country. (laughs) Um, Not so much now. Uh, which was a miracle in and of itself because before you could get a visa, you had to have a passport. And before you could get a passport, you had to have a birth certificate. And before you could have a birth certificate, you had to know when your birthday was. And yet we were dealing with 30 children who had lost their caregivers in the earthquake. And after that earthquake, the whole administration in Haiti fell apart. So it wasn't like you could run down to a local courthouse and get it. And that's the level that we started out with this project. And yet they came, they sang. Uh, We had $120 in our bank account whenever they came in the beginning. We had eight different buses that broke down on the way to the airport to get us. It was spiritual warfare 101 for me. And uh, we now have a new book out called Choir of Angels and its subtitle is How 30 Orphans Changed Their World Forever, and everyone that has read the book said it has now changed their world. So we now actually, which this blows my mind, but we now have six locations in the country of Haiti. We have vocational schools, orphanages, churches, uh, transition homes, and probably the most exciting part of our story is that in the middle of a global pandemic, while the world was closing down, we opened a hospital in the middle of nowhere in the country of Haiti. Wow. Uh, In addition to that, 22 of those 30 children that were in the choir had the opportunity to return here to the US legally on F1 student visas. And they are now scattered up and down the East Coast in schools, we have them from the youngest now is in fifth, sixth grade, uh, all the
0: way up to juniors in
1: college. Well,
0: wow, that that's amazing. I, I I've been to uh, I actually worked for a while in uh, Jamaica, so I have a kind of an idea because uh I had a I had a driver uh, that's what they called him a driver to drive me around when I was there, and uh, I had him take me into I wanted to see the normal part of Jamaica because right. in Montego Bay was just you know, it's tourist attraction, right? Exactly. So I wanted, to go, I wanted to go to Kingston. I wanted to, you know, I hired him for a weekend just to take me. And uh, wow, uh, some of the things I saw was houses without w- no windows and uh, uh, dirt floors. And so I could just imagine. And uh, what what you've done here and what you're doing uh, is just truly amazing. And, and I know that, uh, you know, and I'm so glad that you're giving God the credit because, you know, if it wasn't for him, we couldn't even get up in the morning. So uh, you got that right. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's just amazing. Haiti has, uh, I've done a lot of research in Haiti for other reasons uh, before you came on the show uh, throughout the last couple of years. Uh, they have, and this is another reason why I think this is, your imp- uh, your imprint there is needed so, so much. Haiti is one of the top countries for uh, children, uh, child trafficking. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So your imprint, you know, you—it's uh, amazing what you're doing, and uh, uh, I'm—I didn't even know if you knew that or not, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: well, and Haiti is also known as the country of orphans raising orphans, and on top of that, I know that you like to talk about a lot of governmental issues on your podcast. I mean, we have not had a president in Haiti in over a year. Our president was assassinated last July seventh. Yep. We have literally been under gang control since that time. So we are currently, and actually the hospital that we opened in 2020 was one of two hospitals that was able to remain open during this past year. Now they're starting to open back up. But we have literally, our budget has quadrupled simply because we have to have armed guards everywhere. We've had our ambulance kidnapped. We've had the head of our, we have a Beauty for Ashes jewelry business that we have employ over 187 women in that we make uh, jewelry out of trash. Uh, The head of our business was kidnapped. The head of our vocational school was kidnapped. I mean, we, I've literally, (laughs) little old mommy Linda has been placed into insane situations where we've had to be negotiating with the heads of these gangs. Uh, They've come into our hospital, held, uh, held our doctors at gunpoint. Um, We finally got to the point where we, um, I mean, it, it, I, I, there's no way I can describe to you, you know, and then and then I like I was just at lunch today. One of my daughters turned 26 today and I went to lunch with some ladies. And, you know, then you hear somebody arguing and complaining about getting the wrong salad dressing, you know, and you just want to say, girl, <laughs> this is a first world problem. Eat the ranch dressing. Right. Right. Just don't get it. And we are so spoiled and take so much for granted in the United States of America. Uh, It's just unbelievable. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been, we've, I mean, Haiti has been a hot mess, but now it's even a hotter mess. And, And one of the biggest things that we fight against is because of the corruption and the millions and billions of dollars that come in from other countries to Haiti into the corrupt government. You know, we as a small organization, there are a few of us that have weathered the storm and we're still there. Uh, Love him, love them, love a child, several organizations that are still there. But I mean, with what we do with just a small amount is just unbelievable compared to what the government gets and doesn't do anything with. So it's just it's a it's a heartbreaking Uh situation.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I've, I've found out that uh since uh, Haiti lost their president, their president that uh, is poured in there, and this is, this money is from evil doers. doers from by the way, I mean these are people, people who are laundering and child trafficking and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, these are not good people giving them the money. You're right. It's in the millions. Absolutely. Oh
1: yeah, and it's uh, okay, so unbelievable.
0: Sorry, keep losing you.
1: That's okay. I'm here.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, yep. yeah, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Uh, if you don't care, hang on, and uh, we'll bring you right back, okay? Yes, sir. Right. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So our sponsor today is Anchor. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or already have a podcast, be sure to check out Anchor on your iOS or Android device or Anchor FM. We'll be right back. Thank you <laughs> Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the best and easiest way I've found to start a new podcast. Everything is right there. At Anchor, I can not only record my podcast, I can add music, I can add sounds, and much more. Also, I can trim and crop my podcast as well, all in one place, right there on my iPhone or computer. On Anchor, as a host, you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Everything is in one place. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Best part of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ah. All right. And welcome back to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, she is the uh, founder and CEO of Love Him, Love Them. Uh Linda, welcome back. Thank you very much. Hey, so uh the next thing I wanted to uh, uh ask you about was uh the uh, Valley of Hope Ministries in a pastor uh I'm That's sure so.
1: Yes, I actually have his son in my home as one of our students that's here in the United States here on an F one student visa, and Pastor Maxo is that man that chose to take us to that very first orphanage that day. So he was the one who was our host in 2011 when we first went to Haiti, and so at that point they had they were meeting in a church under a tree in the Valley of Hope. And now fast forward to today, and that is one of our that's our main headquarters, which now has not only the church, but it has a K through twelve. Well, actually, we have a K through 13 school there. We have our vocational school there. The vocational school has cosmetology, cooking, crafts, which we call crafts as far our beauty fresh's jewelry line, has computers, construction. Uh, we're graduating out of that vocational school, about 250 students each quarter. And I, I wish you could go with me and see it. It is out in the middle of nowhere where we've literally got people and donkeys coming. And then if you, if you go to any of our social media and see the, the, the grandiose graduation for those vocational school graduations, you would not believe it. Um, it also has our hospital there and uh, our transition home because once you are eighteen, you can no longer stay in the orphanage in Haiti, which blows my mind. It's just such so hilarious, to be honest with you, that they are so ill informed and unorganized and everything else. But then they want to. They do hold on to some hard and fast rules. So, the Valley of Hope is also where we had to uh, come up with twenty four hour armed guards and security because that's where. That's where the head of the 400 Mawazu and the main gangs are from. Happens to be in Galat-Chambon, which is where our Valley of Hope location is.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, shoo. Uh, so I I did read somewhere that, uh, and maybe it was last Christmas or maybe it was uh, uh, an older, uh, article that I read, but, uh, you actually were able to produce, uh, gifts and food for over 17,000 or 1,700 uh, children and families in the local community around there, Uh, that's amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. We, well, that's up to about 5,000 now. So we do, uh, we partner with Samaritan's, Pur- Samaritans Purse. We do all of the, I don't know if you've ever heard of their shoe boxes, but we're over the 35,000 shoe boxes that get distributed in Haiti. And then in addition to that, there are places that you can't go with Samaritans Purse just because of, some- we love Samaritans Purse. So I love all their things, but they do have certain stipulations that some of the churches and the pastors can't meet. So we supplement that with our Christmas joy bags. And uh, if you want to if you want to help us with Christmas joy bags, that's on our website. You can just go on there and just put in the search bar "Christmas joy bags." Uh, but basically, it's a gallon bag, and it works on the same premise as the shoe boxes. You can put in the except for we're a little more lenient because we're taking those over ourselves. And then we do at once the civil unrest in Haiti stops, we will kick back in with our our mission trips. But that's one of the most fun mission trips there are, there is like I told you, we've not celebrated a traditional Christmas as our family here in America since we went in 2011. And so that's one of the things that we do at Christmas is distribute those uh, joy bags. So that's a fun, fun trip. We also do a uh, teachers teaching teachers how to teach trip. We do medical trips. We do. uh, And then, of course, the Christmas trip. And then we also do just separate building trips and and different things like that. But also, We work here in the United States of America too. So we will provide for many, many people here. Uh, Last year, this year, we'll be doing 5,000 plus meals for Thanksgiving. Um, And we serve those to homeless, hopeless, and homebound individuals on Thanksgiving day, in addition to anything else that they need. And then we also at Christmas here in America do what we call our night of hope. Uh, and that is for children who have a parent incarcerated. Obviously, the first five, I have 12 children now, but the first five children I raised, obviously they had, their dad was incarcerated and still is. So I know what it's like and what those children deal with. And so um, last year, I think it was, a we had, a, I believe, 187 children. And then also their guardian families that came to that event. We had 12 salvations at that event last year. But the big, big cool part about our night of hope is we not only bring them in. I mean, really, there's so many cool parts about that. We start in the jail. So we work through the chaplains in the jail and we interview the inmates and we say, you know, what do you want to get your kid for Christmas? Who has your kids? How do we find them? And then we contact the guardian family. They come to the event. We give them dinner. We present the gospel. We have entertainment. We give them the gifts. But while they're receiving the gifts, we video that. And then each chaplain or myself goes back into the jail and shows the inmate, their child, receiving the gifts that they were not there to give them. And you talk about a hardened criminal that is all of us now tears are streaming down their faces And they are so wide open for them to also get the hope that we provide at the night of hope. So that is a full circle event. We love doing that. We do that every year, the Thursday before Christmas. So if you happen to be anywhere near local or you want to help provide for that, we'd love to have you jump on board with us for that.
0: Wow. That's, that's just truly amazing. And, uh, and there's a lot of ways and I'll let you go over the website here in just a moment. I, I noticed on there that there's a lot of ways to help and, uh, support and, uh, it you know we're we're all human it doesn't matter if you're democrat republican it it doesn't matter we're, we're all human it doesn't matter what country you live in uh and you know we need to help uh one another and uh one of the things that i really like about your website is it looks like uh you provide uh, you can actually sign up for uh, mission trips to haiti that's
1: true right now those are on hold just because we have beheadings and kidnappings that are pretty prevalent right now. So until and unless it's safe for us to go back, uh, those mission trips have been placed on hold. And that all started whenever the president was assassinated. Yes, but normally I spend a good one to two weeks in Haiti every month uh, whenever it's safe. So yes, we would love to have people. We have internship opportunities available. Um, all sorts of different ways that you can help both in Haiti and here. You know, But one, one way that right now we can help is we're actually in the middle of our big Christmas ornament campaign. So if you go on our website, you'll actually see Christmas ornaments that are made out of the beads that our ladies make out of trash in Haiti. So what? A, that's an exciting way that you can use those as gifts. Uh, you can use those, put those on your tree this year and hopefully remember to pray for those ladies that are uh, dealing with a lot more than we can even possibly imagine right now. Uh, but yeah, we've got lots and lots of ways that you and your kids can help you know, our whole ministry, I mean, I never planned on having a ministry. This was all dropped in my lap. And basically it's all stuff that happened at our dining room table. So we, you know, we decided to go to Haiti. Then we decided to, uh, on Thanksgiving one year that we feed, we'll feed 5,000 plus people this year. But the first year we did it was because I was mad. It was my very first year cooking Thanksgiving for those five kids. We had a big family here and I spent four days cooking And they sat down at the table and ate it in five minutes and everybody got up and left. And I was like, well, this is ridiculous. So I went out into the garage and got some to-go plates and I loaded up a bunch of, well, it ended up being 11. I had 11 to-go plates and I called everybody back down. We went and got in the car and we drove around until we could find people that were not experiencing a traditional Thanksgiving meal. So that meal, that Thanksgiving idea started just from our dining room table. And it's just, and so everything we do, You know, this year, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we will pack 25,000 meals of rice and beans that will then go back to Haiti. But everything we do, we encourage you to bring your family, bring your kids. We want everything that we do to be family oriented because we want to raise up kids that want to be leaders and that want to understand what you just said. It is our job to help others. It's our job to love him and love them the way that we show that we love him is by loving the thems that God places in our life that are difficult to love. Right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he put us on earth to give him the honor and glory. So yeah,
1: exactly. And you know, here's a news flash for a lot of people, but we are, people say they want to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but that's our job. You know, big news flash, Jesus is not here. He is not here. He is seated at the right hand of the father and we are the answer to people's prayers now. We, you know, the the Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord are roaming the earth because he has to search for someone whose heart is turned toward him that he can use to do what needs to be done. And so it's just, you know, when you're when you're operating in the center of God's will and you're doing uh, the work of the Lord, there is no, there's no high like the most high, right? (laughs) There's just not. And so that's where the joy of the Lord comes from.
0: Yep. Anytime that you do something for someone else, uh, and unfortunately we only see it, uh, around here anyways, I can speak for around here is around Christmas time. Uh, you, uh, that's when you mainly see it, but this is a, you know, 356 day a year. There's always somebody suffering and needing help. And, uh, I, I was just looking at your, uh, vacation Bible school, uh, your curriculum, uh, before we got back from break and, uh, uh, man, it's just—it uh, looks pretty amazing. Uh,
1: and all of that, all of that was done by volunteers. So we, we, we—every penny we collect goes straight into our ministry. So yes, Bethany Stratton, who is an amazing young woman, completely wrote that. So it's a way, and it's free. We offer that free. And the way she set it up is, you can use it for your vacation Bible school, or you can use it for your like through the summer on a Wednesday night, or you can use it through the year on Sundays. Uh, but it has videos that go with it's just like it's, it's just like if you spent X number of dollars and got it from Lifeway. Uh, and we actually have two. We have another one that's about to be uploaded on there, but it's all available either in print or you can download it or get it straight uh-huh. off of our site. And those are our videos. We actually took, again, another crew of volunteers to Haiti. And those are our kids. Uh, and, you know, what was really cool was when the choir was here, you could actually be led in praise and worship. By our children, and then our children could come to the church. I mean, what a, what an amazing mission opportunity! You've you've sang with the kids on your VBS, and now you get to meet the children from the orphanage in Haiti when they came to your church to sing. So yeah, it was it's a it's an amazing vacation Bible school program.
0: Yeah, and I noticed that the uh, uh, that the orphan choir um, you can actually buy their CD on your site, and it's only fifteen dollars. You uh, are
1: correct.
0: That's definitely a purchase I'll be making. That's that's awesome. Uh, well, that's
1: very very sweet of you. I'd be happy to send you one. I'd love to send you our book that talks about them because I can guarantee you, you will not believe the stories in that book of the miracles that we experienced and the the dark side of Haiti that we ended up actually bringing to America and how we worked through that spiritual warfare.
0: And is that the peanut butter crackers and flip flops?
1: No, this is our brand new book called Choir of Angels. Okay. Yeah. So we have three books out. We have the Love Him, Love Them Bible Study that teaches you how to love Him uh, and love them. And then we have the peanut butter crackers and flip flops, which talks about our story all the way up through uh, bringing the children here to America. And then Choir of Angels takes you from the day that they got off the plane all the way, th- <coughs> pardon me, all the way through where we are now.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, guys, you've really got to check out this uh, website. I mean, there's a lot of uh, scrungies, you know. I mean, you've got merchandise on here uh, for these children as as low as $6. Uh, I mean, so anybody, it doesn't matter. I know that uh, a lot of people are having a tough time right now due to our economy and inflation and all that good stuff. But uh, sometimes you got to dig a little deep. I'd much rather see people... Donate to something like this, than paying our taxes to a fake war in Ukraine. So uh, (laughs) you guys get off this.
1: Yeah, and keep in mind the average salary of an individual in Haiti is two dollars a day. Two dollars a day, and those are the women. Usually, the men are at home, uh, you know, planting the mangoes, harvesting the mangoes, whatever it is they're they're making or growing. And then the women are sitting in the street as marchands all day long, selling it. And so, uh, our, all of our staff makes anywhere from six to 10 times the average daily salary, our staff at our guest house, our teachers, our doctors, our nurses, uh, the ladies that, uh, that make those scrunchies that's Whitland. She's so, so talented. I'm looking for a host family for her now to bring her here. Um, and those beads and the necklaces. It's, it's all very, very beautiful.
0: Yeah. Uh, I remember when, uh, when I was running that call center in, uh, Jamaica, uh, most of the people were getting paid, uh, the agents uh, at other call centers were being paid. Um, uh, Oh, it was like 75 cents an hour. It, it wasn't a whole lot. And, uh, I remember being very proud and we couldn't, uh, uh, we actually had to stop the, uh, hiring, <laughs> put on a hiring freeze. Cause, uh, we Xerox was the company that I was with, and we were actually able to pay a dollar seventy-five an hour. Doesn't sound like a whole lot here, but there, it, it's a world of difference. So, uh, yeah.
1: yeah, that's huge.
0: So, uh, what uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, the uh, African American Expressions uh, group oh. that you're with?
1: Yeah, so Greg Perkins, he's the CEO of African American Expressions. I ran into him at the Americas Mart in Atlanta. He had a uh, showroom there. And he actually is the black version of Hallmark. So they have uh, calendars. Well, they have everything, everything you can possibly imagine. And so our partnership with them is they distribute to 10,000 different boutiques and uh, shops and restaurants and stores throughout all over the world. And literally, I met him when I had just come back from a Christmas trip. And I basically, to be real honest with you, I walked into his showroom and I saw the name of it and I said, just how African-American are you? And he looked at me and he said, what are you talking about? And so I sat down and I had, I shared a story with him about a little baby that I just found on the mountain in Haiti, uh, that had been abandoned. And I, I had some pictures on my phone cause I'd literally just gotten back from Haiti the night before. So I showed that to him and I said, you know, I just wanted to know, I've got a lot of, uh, items and products that we're making in Haiti. And I'd love for you to help me get, sell them. And he just looked at me and started crying. And he said, you know, Linda, he said, the Holy Spirit sent you into my show. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to America's Mart. There's 17 different floors. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of showrooms. And yet I literally walked into his and sat down and decided to share the story. And he said, you know, I was just telling God this morning, I can do this business in my sleep. And I'm looking for something to motivate me into and that I can do something to make a difference. And so he has actually put us in his catalog and sells our jewelry out of his catalog and and offers all of the stuff that we do and is an amazing, amazing supporter of our ministry.
0: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, So, uh, yeah, so let's. uh... Let, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Linda, turn the rest of uh, the show off uh, over to you and let you talk about any social media that you want to promote, uh, maybe talk a little bit more about your website uh, before we go. Uh, guys, this is very important here. Uh, make sure that you check out Uh, love him, love .org. uh I think that uh, you're going to find it life-changing. But yeah, Linda, if you if you want to talk a little bit more about your website and how people can maybe get a hold of you if they want to donate personally or, or what have you?
1: Sure. And you know, a lot of times people, like you say, there's so many non-monetary ways to help us. Uh, Actually, we want you to think of us anytime you have an old pair of shoes, we send 2,500 pairs of shoes to Haiti every month. Uh, Used shoes, old shoes, shoes you just don't wear anymore. You know, in Haiti, if you don't have a pair of shoes, you can't go to school. So shoes are a big, big deal. And we partner with an organization that takes those shoes and refurbishes them and not only provides them to our orphanages and our schools, but also provides them as a way of uh, micro management and loans and entrepreneurial opportunities for women to be able to sell those shoes. So that is an amazing opportunity. You know, another way, everyone knows that you can monetize your YouTube channel, you can monetize through social media. So if you just go to our Facebook page, love him, love them, or our YouTube channel. Everything is love him, love them. Anything that you go to just by liking that or listening to that. And it's also a great way to keep up with what we have going on, uh, both in Haiti and here in the United States. Uh, if if You can always email us through that website at Love Him, Love Them. If you have any questions, you can order those products. You're right, we do have the books. I can guarantee you, i tell you what, if you you get our new book, Choir of Angels, and your world is not rocked, you text me or call me and I'll give you your money back (laughs) because I can guarantee you you will not believe the things that happen in that book. Uh, our website, we do our best to keep that updated with all of the opportunities that you can help us with. Some of them we've mentioned on this uh, on this time together uh, of the Christmas joy bags, the shoes that you can help us with, the mission trips that eventually you can go on. And probably another really cool thing is you can sponsor a child. So we have a child sponsorship program that is $25 a month. And that is how we educate our children, how we provide the housing for them, the medical, their school supplies, and everything that they need. So we would love for you to go through there and choose. Uh, one of our children that you could then pray for and also be able to support financially. You can do that through PayPal or debit card or uh, many, many different options on there. So, yeah, you're right. It's an amazing way to just learn a lot about us, to go to the love the love, love org website. Uh, we also have a, a Emmy Award celebrity who is next week starting a rice campaign for us. Our rice, the 50 pound bags of rice that we feed our children last year was $30 and now it's $200, $200. And that's if you can find it. (laughs) So as you can imagine with feeding almost 5,000 children a day, that has become quite a challenge for us. And so uh, Area McGarry is working towards helping us raise the funds that we need for that rice. And uh, we'd love for you to join that. If you're anywhere nearby in the state of Georgia, Alabama or South Carolina, we'd really love for you to come on and jump on board to help us with Thanksgiving. But you know what, even if you're not here and you say, hey, I'd like to buy your turkeys for you, or I'd like to buy your cranberry sauce for you, Uh, you can make a donation to help with that either through by your church, your family, or just an organization that you work with. So I just want to thank you. We're so grateful that you've given us this opportunity to share with your audience about love him, love them. And just want to remind you, if there's nothing else that you remember from all of our time together, it's that God will continue to place thems in your life that if you don't love him, you can't love them. So just remember to love him and love them.
0: That, that's a very, very true statement. Very true. <laughs> I was going to ask you, uh, and you actually brought it up. Uh, did the uh, food shortage have you guys noticed it in your in? And it sounds like you have. So yeah. we've
1: had one of our locations that has gone 20 days without any food. Yeah. So we, uh, and actually for that particular location, we actually had food there. We ship over containers through our partner Feed the Hunger. The container was there, but we could not get it past the gangs. So the gangs have taken over the main thoroughfare, which is Quadabouquet. Bouquet. And uh, our option was to go through and let them kidnap either the driver or the food, or we had to wait till we knew we could get it through safely. So yes, we've, I, if I shared with you all of the stories of the horrific things that have happened because of the gangs, you you wouldn't even believe me.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, it sounds like uh, <clears throat> they need some uh, they need some government uh, down there.
1: Well, uh, the problem is the government
0: law. is corrupt. <laughs> so Right. right. I mean, law, is I guess is a better way of putting it.
1: And in all honesty, we're really still now trying to figure out how the United States is involved, because here's the interesting part. We've got gang members walking around with AK-47s. We don't make guns in Haiti. We don't sell guns in Haiti. We don't have guns in Haiti. And yet every gang member has been equipped with multiple guns and ammunition for days. And we've been able to track planes coming in through the beaches uh, that are unloading guns everywhere. So it's it's, uh, it's a corrupt situation that we can't quite put our finger on. In addition to that, 97% of the Haitians that are coming across the Mexican border illegally are being sent back. Hmm. So there's something going on between the United States and the Haitian government that we cannot figure out. Nobody can put their finger on it. Uh, but with all of the illegals that are coming through, Haiti is the only country that is being deported.
0: I think uh, you just uh, gave me my next research project.
1: Okay. If you can figure it out, buddy, let's do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this administration is so corrupt, and I'm not going to get in and all that. But uh, I would say if you're looking to see why the guns are showing up there, uh, you know, we want to look towards Russia. And we want to look towards the U.S. because those are the two biggest arm dealers there are to foreign uh, rebel countries right now. So,
1: Yeah. And I've said if I've said it once, I've said it 100 times. If I could get 100 men with bigger guns than the gangs, I'd take them down there myself and I'd have this whole thing under control in about three hours because that's that's all it would take. We've actually reached out all the way up to the top of the Biden administration and asked for the United Nations to come in. Uh, that's what saved us back in 2011 for Haiti, and uh, we were told directly that there would be no, no, no help from the United States until an election was scheduled because this administration wanted to be known as the uh, administration of fair elections.
0: Oh yeah, that's exactly what they are.
1: <laughs> and so, and so because of that, and because Haiti can't get it together to have an election, they were not going to send us any help.
0: How ironic that the faith. President's administration says fair. Yeah, that's funny. I find that hilarious. That was uh, the
1: answer we were given.
0: Yeah, and um, uh, if we had more time, I'd tell you all my thoughts about United Nations as well. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this experience has been very eye-opening. Uh, I'm sure the audience has got just as much out of this as I have. And uh, you know, if you ever want to come back, if you get a new book or something to promote, maybe closer to Christmas time. You're more than welcome, Linda. Thank you so much for joining today.
1: Well, thanks. You have a great rest of your day. I appreciate it.
0: You too as well. All right. So you've been listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. As always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.